Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Vlogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. Okay, so today I want to dive into the thought of um, grace-centered blogging because someone asked for this specifically and I thought it was a great topic. So when it comes to grace-centered blogging, I think a better way to sort of clarify that term is to think, I want you guys to be okay with who you are, where you are, and who you want to be. And so I really want to talk about those things today and just encourage you in that to know, number one, it does not have to be perfect. You guys, you could have a professionally made site. Day one of blogging, if you had the money, you could contact a designer and you could say, hey, I need you to make me a beautiful website and they would do it. But if your content sucks, it doesn't matter one bit how good your website looks. If your content is bad, it doesn't matter, right? I know a lot of really nice websites that regularly rip off my content um, or, you know, they're lame and they have like a million ads and they'll go on Pinterest and they'll take people's images and they'll put a link to your post in there, like super lame right? Like no content, just a nice looking website with everybody else's pictures and a link. And no words, no nothing else. Just lame. Anybody can do that. But what you're trying to do, whether you're amazing at graphics or you suck at graphics, is you're trying to build your little corner of the internet that helps the world in some way. Every time you create a piece of content, your goal is to somehow help some group of people, right? That's what you want to do. And that is the most important thing. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like every time you write a blog post, you're practicing. It is practice, just like when you're learning to play an instrument or you're learning to do a new sport or a new activity. Most people are not born with the innate ability to blog. Like that's not something that we're just naturally able to do. Now, you may be naturally able to write um, or, you know, Uh, Maybe you're very artistic and maybe you went to school for graphic design or something like that. And maybe or maybe even you went to school for, you know, like website design or whatever. And if you've got those skills, that's amazing. That's awesome. But for those people who don't, I want to encourage you that it doesn't have to be perfect. The most important thing that you're going to do on a daily basis is put content out regularly on your site good content. And the reason that I talk about that a lot is because in this day and age, I don't know about you, but for me, especially when I'm on like Pinterest, you know, I'm not really looking to go and like, you know, meander around someone's blog. Like I'm really, I've got like five minutes because I'm like sitting in the kitchen or I'm taking a break or whatever. I'm like sitting in a carpool, whatever I'm doing. And I'm trying to quickly like understand, comprehend or whatever, or get the information that I want to consume from whatever catches my eye. So, you know, if it's a recipe for snickerdoodles or something, I don't really honestly have time to read through the front end of your post that talks about how grandma Shirley gave you this recipe when you were four and how the magical scent makes your nose hairs 
tingle or something. I don't know. All I'm saying is um, people are consuming your content probably in a very quick and um, scanning type manner, right? Some content. Now, if your content is more story oriented, then yes, probably people will stop and read the whole article. But at the same time, I don't think very many people, and I might be wrong, um, think about yourself, are really like lingering and clicking on categories and drop down menus and just going deeper and deeper and deeper into your website, right? People are looking for answers to questions and they need them fast. So, you know, if you wrote an article on how to refinish thrift store lamps, for example, that's one of mine, people are probably going to hit that website or going to hit my site. They're going to look at that article and they're going to scan with their finger on their phone to see all the pictures that I put on there of how I did it. And they may not even read the words until they get to a picture that maybe they don't understand. And they're like, oh, I wonder what she used to do that. Let me read the context here. Right. So feeling like things have to be perfect and ready to, you know, they have to be picture perfect before you can launch. They have to be picture perfect before, you know, you can tell your friends about it or anything like that. That, that has to be cleared out of your head today. Like you just have to just put it out there and know like if your content is good, that is the most important thing and the rest of it will come over time. But if you never put content out and you never put good stuff out, no one can discover you and no one can understand what you're about. And you can't get fans and you can't get followers if you're not publishing content for them to find and read and like, right? It'll all be okay. It will work out in time. Now, in my opinion, you should always grammar check. You should always spell check what you're doing, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And again, that goes back to the beauty of blogging is that what we do is always editable, right? Like you can go back at any moment and edit what you did. So if you find that you screwed up, you know, some word or whatever, which happens to me regularly, um, because my brain reads it the way I want to read it. Um, and I should be taking like a break from actually writing the content when I get done with it, taking a break and then coming back to it with fresh eyes to reread it. But sometimes I don't have time for that. So I'm publishing it and there will be grammar or spelling errors. And sometimes, you know, it's just that maybe, Maybe you aren't that great at grammar or maybe you aren't that great at punctuation. Um, Maybe, you know, you were born in a different place and you're trying to write in a, you know, in a language that's not native to you, whatever it is, like it's not that big of a deal. You can't learn to blog unless you ship it. Unless you start shipping the stuff that you're making every time you write it, you will never learn and hone and, and sharpen your skills because if you're scared to death to publish content, out there on the world wide web, which I get, like, I seriously get it. Like I used to be terrified of putting stuff out there because more so I was afraid of people reading it and like leaving nasty comments, which people do. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But um, just like, again, practicing a sport or practicing an instrument, every time that you ship a new blog post, you're learning, you're developing, you're honing your blogging skills. And you just got to do it over and over. That's why I have this whole idea of just keep blogging. You got to just keep doing the same things over and over and over. And before you know it, you've got a business built and you've got followers and you've got an audience and you're making an income and that's how it works. It doesn't just magically appear one day. And for some people who have a little bit of luck, it may work like that. But otherwise, you just do the work every day, day in and day out, and you'll start to see the momentum build over time. One thing I know that some people struggle with is that 
you know, you're making your, your social cover images for your blog and maybe you're not really like, you're not that great with PicMonkey or you're not that great with Canva yet because you've only done like two images and you've never really had to do anything like this before in the past. And, um, you know, you didn't take art in high school and, you know, all these things, right? There's all these thoughts that go through your head. And, you know, part of you may be like, well, I just need to hire a designer. And some people do. There are times when I do tell people that maybe they should hire a designer. If they're trying to make a nice ebook cover or something like that, like it's never hurts to get a professional to help you with your products and things like that. But we're talking about day to day content and stuff. I mean, it's something that you learn again over time. So you just have to keep practicing with PicMonkey or you have to keep practicing with Canva um, until things start to look right. And if like, and I've done this before, but you guys, seriously, I grew my blog when I first started pretty quickly And everything about my blog was self-made. My header was self-made. And like, literally, like I made my header, I basically made my header and like a publisher program. Like I didn't even use Adobe. I didn't use PicMonkey. I didn't, whatever. I got like, I got royalty-free clip art from the internet and then, you know, put together what I thought looked like a good header. And that's what I used for like two years until I had made enough money to pay a designer to make the site look the way that I wanted to. And it was okay. And you know what? My blog with my crappy self-made header and my crappy cover images that I was learning to make grew in about a year to 70,000 page views a month. And then it grew again. And, you know, in my first year, like I literally was just doing everything I knew to do. And what it came down to was the content that I was making was good, despite the fact that my site looked like a train wreck. Okay, so for any of you guys, especially you new people out there who feel like your site is ugly as crap, it's okay. If the content that you're putting out is good, in time, you will be able to improve how your site looks and you'll be able to get it exactly the way you want it. Don't fret over all that stuff. Just keep practicing on Canva or PicMonkey or Adobe or whatever you're using to make your images, your cover images. Just keep practicing it. Just keep doing it and don't give up, okay? Because it's going to be okay. Your blog will grow even if it's ugly. I promise. I promise. And when you get to the point where you have enough funds um, if you want to treat yourself to that, I think a lot of people don't think about the resources they might have. For example, you know, when it becomes holiday season or birthday time or something like that, you know, if your blog is something that you really, really value and you may not have enough money to reinvest in it right now straight from the blog, maybe consider, you know, as a Christmas gift or a as a holiday gift or a birthday gift or a Valentine's gift or something, saying, hey, you know, I'd really like to have my site redesigned. Do you think that we could do that? Or set it as a goal for yourself. When you get a certain number of blog posts out on the internet, um, if you have the extra funds around, then you'll get a site design. So that's the thing. You guys got to be okay with who you are and where you are. It's very, very important. It's okay that you're not a designer. You can still write. (laughs) okay it's gonna be all right all right number two not everyone is gonna like you you know my dad used to tell me this as a kid he used to always say because I would get I'm a people person 
I've always been that way. So even as a kid, I would get really upset when people didn't want to be my friend. And my dad would say to me, Kim, people aren't always going to like you. Not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to want to be your friend. And I couldn't understand that concept as a kid, you know, in my innocence. But now I get it. But I think sometimes in blogging, you know, we struggle with the same kind of stuff we struggle with as teenagers and stuff, right? And a little bit of pride and all that sort of thing where we want everyone to like us. And it was very refreshing to have a conversation with another blogger earlier this week who said, you know, I'm me. And she's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do the blog and I'm going to write about the stuff that makes me happy, that I'm passionate about, um, so that, you know, I can teach people how to do this, even if it's not how everybody in that space would do it, you know? And, and I like that. Like, she's comfortable enough with her to not feel like she has to be everything to everyone. And that, again, comes down to some to niches, right? Like when we talk about the riches and the niches, that gets said a lot. But, you know, being willing to not be for everybody, that your brain doesn't have to be so broad that you feel like you've got to encompass the whole world because you're trying to appeal to everybody. You know, this concept often happens with doing surveys, right? You decide that you're going to survey your audience and, you know, you get all these answers back that may surprise you or confuse you. And to some degree, surveys can help you, but they can also hurt you, right? Like surveys can add a little bit of confusion sometimes if you read too far into them. I know that in the past, um, a few years back when I first did my first survey, I remember getting all these answers from single moms who were telling me, oh, I'm a single mom trying to do blah, 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 blah. So then I said, you know, I'm going to start making content for single moms. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I myself was not a single mom. Um, I had no experience as a single mom, but I had a best friend who was a single mom. So I started getting my friend to write content for me about that. But it was like I was watering down what I was doing in my brand because I felt like I needed to be something to these people specifically, right? Now, if your niche is that you write to single moms, which there are plenty of you guys out there, that's perfectly fine. That's an area with which you have experience and you should be writing. But it would be hard for me to talk to the pain points that those moms feel. Now, they, they're you know, normal women. So I'm sure they feel the same things that I struggle with. But I'm just saying, like, at that point, I started shifting what I was doing on my blog to try to appeal to a, you know, another audience with which I didn't need really to pinpoint, like I could just write the way that I was writing, and would probably hit their pain points. That's why they were following me to begin with. But suddenly I felt because I knew this information, that I had to start really like targeting them for some reason, in addition to everything else that I was doing. So when you do surveys, even just be careful that you don't get distracted with the information that you get with surveys that knocks you off course, because you suddenly feel like you have to be something to somebody else that you didn't know was reading you to begin with, right? Um, the question is that they that, you know, is often asked is, uh, you know, are you going to write for the audience that you want? Or are you going to write for the audience that you have? And when you do a survey, you find out more about the audience that you have. But that may not be exactly who you want to write to on a regular basis. And if it's not, that is okay. 
You can write to the audience that you want. You can write content to attract the people you want to attract. Like we always talk about that dating analogy, right? Like you're trying to attract a certain type of person by the way that you act or where you go or, um, you know, you you have these standards or these things that you're looking for in the person that you're trying to attract. And the same goes with blogging. Like what are you looking for for the people who are going to follow you? And it's okay to have those things because those further help you define your audience. So that's just food for thought. Think about it like this. You know, there's people in the entertainment industry that I love. I love these people, like these personalities and stuff. But I also know that my friends can't stand them. I have friends who are like, no, I won't watch them. They, they drive me crazy or like I don't like them or whatever, right? So there's people you like and there's people your friends don't like. And that's okay. Those people can't be all things to all people and neither can you. They know their fan base. If you're a person who wants to build a brand from your blog and you are your brand to some degree and you want to be your brand, then as a, then you're basically building yourself as a personality. And one of the shows I love, love, love to watch, I'm not sure what online streaming channels it's available on, but I do think it's on TV maybe now. I'm not sure. But the next Food Network star is a really good show to watch, in my opinion, for bloggers. And here's why. The next Food Network star is teaching people who have a niche, right? Like if you've ever watched the show, basically what happens is they select all these cooks and these people compete to have their own Food Network show. And if you think about the bloggers, you know, like the Pioneer Woman, for example, you know, she had a blog and her blog turned into a Food Network show for herself. And I know that there's people out there who have that dream, right? They have that dream of like, well, if I make a blog, then I grow this platform. Maybe one day I can have my own, you know, um, network show of some kind too, which is really awesome if that's your goal. But I'm saying all this to say, like, I really encourage you to either find old like an old season of that and watch it all the way through or watch the current seasons or whatever but it's a good show similar to like watching the profit but this one in particular I feel like if you are a person who wants to brand yourself as a brand um, as a person it's so insightful because when you watch that show you'll hear on a weekly basis they'll say what's your point of view what's your point of view what's your point of view what's your POV is what they call it Because they're trying to help these people realize that they have to niche themselves down. Like that they have to have a unique perspective. And I think that's really, really cool. But you know, like I don't like to watch every single show on Food Network. Not all of them appeal to me. But there's ones my best friends love that I can't stand to watch. Like some of them are like nails on a chalkboard to me. But that comes back to knowing, you know, really knowing who you are and being comfortable with that. Um, and in that show, you know, what they're, they're trying to do is say, okay, well, if you're going to be the grilled cheese guy, now you need to have a story, right? And that's another side of you guys being comfortable with who you are. I talk to so many people, you know, who have really, really broad blogging concepts, right? And then after I talk to enough people, really a lot of the concepts start to sound the same. Like, you know, I want to be, um, a mom blogger who helps moms feel, you know, confident or whatever, or, you know, like they have this whole thing and you, and because a lot of like most moms struggle with the same things, mom bloggers are going to be trying to hit the same pain, pain points. Right. And that's fine. Like it's perfectly fine because there's a million different people in the world, but this is my point. Your individual unique story is what sets you apart in the blogging world, right? 
You can hit as many pain points as you want. But your unique story matters and you should be thinking about that, right? Like when you watch that Food Network show, they keep saying, tell me more about your grandmother on her farm in Richmond and how she taught you how to make your first frittata or whatever, right? Like they're trying to put a story behind the brand. And, you know, for me, you know, my story is my husband and I paid off $93,000 in debt in under two years on one income. That's my story. You know, that's a unique story. There's a lot of people in the world who've paid off debt. Sure, but that's my story. And when I talk about that particular story in the world of thrifty living, that's my niche or thrifty lifestyle, then that gives me authority in that niche, right? So that's what you should be thinking about. How does your story give you more authority or how does your story connect with people? So that's what something I want you to be thinking about this week in particular. So many people, and I have done this, like I'm speaking from experience. My husband and I paid off our mortgage in 2012, okay? That's five years ago. Do you know when I wrote a blog post about that? 2017, guys. This year was the first time that I wrote a post about it. Now, I've talked about it in like my About Me page and things like that, but I I know how you feel is what I'm saying about telling a story, right? Because you think nobody cares about my story. And I get that because we want to make it about the reader and we want to make it about the reader's pain points, but you have a story and that story is important to your brand, okay? And I want you to think about that, what that is. Like, I will have conversations with people where they'll say, well, I don't have a unique story. And so I'll say, well, tell me about your life. And they start telling me about their life. And there's all these like cool things they start mentioning that their family does or has done. But it's almost like you're too close to the story. So to you, it's not interesting. But I'm sitting there thinking like, this is so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, your story is cool. So own it. That's my that's my bottom line. So I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about what elements of your life are unique and inspiring to your audience, right? Like it doesn't have to be huge, like you paid off a bajillion dollars in debt or, you know, that you and your husband climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, you know, a year ago. Like, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. It doesn't have to be like wild tales. I'm just trying to get you to think about what is interesting about your life and how does that story inspire other people? How does that story give you authority on your blog? Just think about it. All right. Number three, everything in blogging for the most part is trial and error for you. This goes back to being comfortable where you are. Okay. Every day, of every year that you blog, you are practicing a craft of, you know, you are practicing the craft of blogging. You have to try to understand how things work and it either does or it doesn't. You have to practice things until you get at them, even if it doesn't come naturally to you. Like I said earlier, you just have to be willing to understand that blogging is trial and error. Sometimes you're going to like mess stuff up. Sometimes, you know, some links not going to work on your site, like things are going to happen and you have to go through them and learn about them. You're going to launch your first product and it's going to flop or you're going to launch your first product and it's going to crush it. 
one of those two things is going to happen, you know, or it's going to be sort of like neutral. But every time you do something, you're going to learn what you did and whether or not you should replicate that thing again in the future or not. Number four. Make the plan for yourself and stick to it. If you are constantly distracted by every new and awesome thing that comes out in blogging, you're never going to make the forward momentum progress that you need to. So just know what your next best thing is and do that. I always say that and I'm going to say it probably, you know, woven into every episode in some way. Choose your next best thing, the next best right thing, the best next yes for you and do that thing. And don't get distracted by all this stuff. I remember a few years ago, this is a perfect example. So like two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe Periscope came out, right? It was like the brand new, new, new thing. And I remember getting so distracted by that. Like that was not the path that I should have been on. But everybody was like, this is the new thing. And if you don't do this, like you're going to be behind in blogging, you know. And I got on Periscope. And you know what it ended up being? To be honest with you, like for me, for my experience, it was a bunch of like creepos. Like I would get on there. It was not my mom audience. I mean, I had a friend who got off of Periscope in near tears because during her Periscope, some creepo, you know, wanted to see something of her anatomy that she wasn't going to show, obviously. And, you know, that throws you off your game when you're talking live on something and somebody's being a weirdo. Just be careful what you allow yourself to be distracted with. If it's a brand new thing, you might want to give it a few weeks just to see if it's actually the brand new thing, right? Um, I don't really mind being late to the party anymore. I believe there's people out there who are, you know, early joiners to things. And that's awesome. And those people, you know, it's sort of like to me, it's like rolling the dice, right? Like there's people who are early joiners. And they always say like, well, if you had been an early joiner, like Pinterest, for example, like people who are very early adopters of Pinterest, you know, they have millions of followers just because they were early adopters. And because they were early adopters, everyone followed them, right? Like they were like the only people on there. So they got tons and tons and tons of followers. Um, and so I think what people fear nowadays is that like this new thing is going to be like early adopter Pinterest, like where if you don't get on early on, you're going to miss out on tons and tons of people. But Periscope, I barely hear anybody even talk about Periscope anymore. I don't know of any adults um, in my audience who use Periscope, um, but everybody, you know, but Facebook Live, like that was what I was waiting on. I was waiting on Facebook to be like, hello, you know, or buy them out or do something, Um because my people are on Facebook. So it, it Facebook Live makes sense for me to spend time and energy doing because everyone that I and my audience um, engage with Facebook Live videos in some way. So think about that kind of stuff when you're talking about making a plan and sticking with it. Number five, I really want you to kind of think about who you want to be and blogging um, and not be afraid of that. You know, some people, some people just want to write. And they want to put, you know, valuable content out on the internet. And that's perfectly fine if you want to build a blog like like that. But if that's your plan, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about five years down the road. Um, you know, and you can have monetary goals and things like that. But what I'm talking about is in five years, you know, what is what is your goal? What do you want out of what you're working on? What do you want to build? Like what kind of business do you want to build? 
and just kind of marinate on that because understanding where you want to go is important. For me, I I knew that I wanted to provide an income for my family to the point where my husband could leave his job if he wanted to and that we could have life flexibility. But I also knew in my heart that I wanted to write a book and I knew that I wanted to be able to be a person who speaks and travels like that is a desire of my heart because I know that one of my gifts is speaking and I want to be able to do that and share my encouragement and my message with other people like that's my heart. So I knew that the why behind my blog and the ultimate goal of my blog was to set myself up um, with a following of people um, who who seek encouragement and things like that in the area of saving money and thrifty living um, so that I would one day be able to travel and speak. You know, and now that I am almost five years down the road from the very beginning, like I see the path, I've written the book like that. That was one of my goals. That's awesome. I'm so glad that I had the opportunity um, to do that. And then, you know, like I love speaking and I always thought that I would be speaking about you know, thrifty living. But in reality, here I am, you know, talking to you. And I am talking to other audiences, because I'm speaking about blogging, which I am also extremely passionate about. So it's really interesting how you kind of set your goals, and you pursue those goals. But over time, they shift and pivot and change. But as long as you kind of have that hope, that's what I'm trying to get you to think about. I want you to have a hope for your future in blogging. To see what you're really seeking and have that path before you so you know every single day when you wake up what you're working towards. Because if you don't have hope or you don't have vision for what you're doing, you're going to get lost in the middle. And you're going to want to just sit down in the middle of that road, that blogging road, and you're going to want to cross your legs and you're going to want to just cry and give up and go back. And I don't want you to do that. And that's why every week I'm going to come back out and I'm going to talk to you about something that I feel like is going to help you just keep going. I want you to be okay with who you are, where you are right now, and who you want to be in the future. That is my goal for today. You got to be okay with who you are, your personality, what your point of view is, what you write about. You got to be confident in that. Own it because you're going to be the best at it, whatever it is. No matter how many other people are doing it or writing about it, you are going to be the best at that. And you're going to keep that in your head and you're going to tell yourself that that's what you are. You're going to be okay with where you are. You're not going to look to your left or to your right and get concerned about what's happening with somebody else and their blog and how it's blowing up and how you're still stuck or how you're still stuck in this unit of whatever course you're on. You are okay where you are because you, my friend, you're working it out. You're learning, you're growing, you're developing your skills one step at a time. And you are doing it the right way. You are on the right path. And I am giving you confirmation of that right now, that you, by doing what you're doing step by step, instead of popping all over the place, are doing the next best thing for your blog. And last, Be okay with who you want to be. It's not going to make sense to anybody else. You might be telling your mom about it and she'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't make sense to me. You might be telling your friends about it and they don't see it, right? Because maybe some of your friends are like stay-at-home moms or they work full-time jobs and 
their only objective is to retire or see their kids graduate and get a good education. Like their goals may have nothing to do with blogging and they may not get what you're saying. But I need you to be okay with who you want to be in the next few years and be happy about it and set it as a vision and a goal for yourself because you are the only person who has to live in your head and your heart and your body on a daily basis. You're the only person that has to grow old with you. You are the only person who has to live with the decisions that you make today and tomorrow and the next day. Like you're the only one who lives with that. So follow your dreams, follow your heart and for the love, (laughs) just keep blogging.